Warning, applying these principles may change your life. People will look at you differently. They'll walk straighter, live bolder, and find out who you are. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Welcome to the Manlyhood Mancast. I'm your host, Josh Hatcher. Today's episode, we have a special guest, Robbie Sondag. Robbie has a, a YouTube channel called Manly Moments. He posts a lot in the Manlyhood Man Cave, and uh, he's a fantastic guy. So I want you to check it out, uh, listen to the things he's got to say. I'm really excited about this interview. Hey guys, welcome back to the Manlyhood Mancast. I'm Josh Hatcher, and we've got a special guest with you today, my friend Robbie Sondag, who is uh, out in, in Indiana. And uh, we've had some really neat kind of strange ways that we've been connected uh, through mutual friends, even though we are nowhere near each other geographically, which is kind of neat, I think. So uh, it's always fun when you have mutual friends and you can talk about things like that. It's kind of fun. Uh, Robbie, you've got uh, a really interesting uh, YouTube channel that you put out. I know you've shared a lot with our men in the Manlyhood Man Cave, our Facebook group. Uh, and you've interacted with us there quite a bit. And the videos that you make are a lot of fun. Maybe, uh, could you tell me a little bit about your channel, the the stuff that you're doing, and, and what kind of drives that? Yeah, it's uh, called Manly Moments. And uh, it's uh, a labor of love at this point. I've been at it for almost three years now and uh, started it. Um, I've always been fascinated with YouTube and always been a creative type guy. And so I, I figured someday I would make something, but I just didn't know what it would be. And uh, at the church I'm at, uh, I lead a men's group, and we were taking a break for the summer a few years ago. It was uh, we meet once a week on a Tuesday night for kind of small group type stuff, and then we're getting ready for our summer break. And I thought, you know, this year I'm gonna I'm gonna hand out a survey and just uh, find out about the guys a little bit more. And so on the front side of the survey was general questions: What did you like about this year's group? What did you like about the snacks? What did you like about the curriculum? All this general stuff. And then on the back was more personal questions. And it was an anonymous survey. They didn't have to put their name on it. But it was questions like, uh, how often do you go to church? Or how often do you read your Bible? How often do you drink a beer? How often do you look at porn? How often do you pray with your kids? It was, general inform- it was a specific information. And when I looked at all the results, and this is like 50 core guys that come regularly, good guys. And uh, two things about that survey, the results one was that um it didn't surprise me was that the higher their spiritual disciplines reading the bible going to church praying the higher that was the lower their tendency to sin was uh and the thing that surprised me though was the amount of guys that struggle to have any kind of disciplines to to keep that sin out of their life like oh my gosh this is a core group and they're struggling even to crack open the bible once a week uh, these are good good men leading a family. I'm like, how are you doing that? And so that was the kind of the impetus. I'm like, I, just like you, I, I got to get this thing started here. I, I need to at least put together some kind of a weekly devotional uh, on YouTube. And when you do a YouTube search for men's devotionals, uh, do you know what you find? Yeah. Not much. Yeah. <laughs> you, I you might find like an hour-long sermon or or a bunch of random things, but there's not a lot of stuff for men on YouTube with regard to, and I'm not talking about in-depth Bible studies. I'm talking about just practical information for guys to learn how to be a man. Yeah. And so that's kind of the impetus of it. And I thought I'll do this during the summer once a week. And of course I fell in love with it. The guys in the group loved it. And I thought, well, maybe this can grow a little bit and go beyond the church walls. And it doesn't have to be all churchy. It can be 
you know, how to, how to go hunting, how to shoot a bow and arrow, how to fix a toilet, stuff that um, guys need to know. And um, I think, you know, I think that's my favorite part is like uh, the spiritual stuff is awesome. And you do a really good job at breaking it down, making it simple, which is something that typically the church in general doesn't always do. I think we like to overcomplicate things, but I like that it's simple. But honestly, I think my favorite part is these little videos where you're out doing something fun or something goofy. And that is the thing that many times churches or men's groups forget is that guys like to have fun, Yeah, (laughs) you know? And so I really appreciate that part and that aspect, especially of the channel. Well, and what's funny is the, um, you know, the, the purpose of, of trying to get men into the word more, uh, those get the fewest views versus the fun stuff. Yeah, and yeah. really, <laughs> and that's okay. Uh, most guys, and I'm just like this too, it's very rare that I will repost a video or share something or even comment on stuff because that's what the women do and that's what the teenagers do. And it really has to tickle my fancy for me to repost something because, it makes you vulnerable and you don't want to be laughed at. He thinks that's funny or he thinks that's good. And so um, it's, it's a tough audience to crack right. these men. And as you know, the way algorithms and stuff are set up, the more comments, likes, shares, subscribe, all these things play into how much this thing goes up to the top of the chart and gets circulated. And so it is not for the faint of heart to just um, hope to get a viral video and make it work. It doesn't work that way. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I know that's one of the things that I kind of had to settle into as I was, uh, as I've been building manlyhood. Is yeah, I want to work hard. I want to get it out there. And my feedback that I get when I run into guys that I know that are interacting with our our stuff, uh, maybe I don't see much from them, but they'll, I hear all the time from people, "Oh man, I love the stuff that you're doing, in manlyhood. I watch I watch everything. I see all the posts. Like, I don't think I've ever seen." any feedback from you so it's nice to know that you know it's just and i think that's like you said like the 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 manosphere is what they call it the mm-hmm. the 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 content that's being created for men men don't interact with it a whole lot on social and and that's fine it just kind of does sometimes feel like man nobody's seeing this but but i they are you know it's getting to who needs to see it you know yeah and you can feel like you're spinning your wheels sometimes and if it weren't a labor of love and a conviction of i think this is making a difference I wouldn't do it because it's just too time consuming, but there's something fun about creating something and knowing it's for a bigger purpose than just a laugh. Uh, even though the, the, it's fun to laugh. And uh, I know from growing up and statistically, uh, you know, I grew up in a small town, uh, one of 11 kids. And uh, my dad was a world war two veteran and ran the hardware store in town, but he got sick when I was six. And so from age six to 16, for me, he was sickly and just barely making it. And then he passed away when I was in high school. So here I was entering young adulthood, kind of guessing at what it meant to be a man. And so I didn't know how to tie a tie or how to change the oil. Didn't know how to ask a girl out for a date or how to interview all these things that you'd think most young men would know. I'm, I'm guessing. Of course, you don't admit that. You just fake it. Right. And then, um, you know, you get married and your wife thinks you should be just like her dad. Dad always did this. How come you're not doing this? Because I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to change a sub pump. I don't know how this stuff works. And so, but if you look statistically, you know, uh, 40%, I don't know if it's 40%, it's 18 million households are uh, uh, fatherless. So a little over one out of four kids are raised without a dad around. 
And so, I mean, I had my dad at least until high school. A lot of these kids don't have it at all. So there's definitely a need for stuff like how to change the oil or how to change a headlight, uh, just practical stuff that guys look at. Um, I did a video on a whim about six months ago because I didn't have an idea for that week, and it was how to open a stuck jar lid. <laughs> now, you'd think right. that's no big deal. Everybody knows how to do that. Right. And um, it was seven ways to open a stuck jar lid. And uh, that thing it gets hits all over the world. Uh, I'm, I'm just blown away by how many thousands of people watch that silly little video. Yeah. And they compliment, they comment on it. I'm like, uh, I need to come up with more stuff like that that seems so elementary that people are searching for it. I, I, so. I, it's very true, though. And it's funny how many of those little things that we do learn from our dad or – you know, I mean, it is helpful that this generation has Google, and so they can Google a lot. I guess maybe, though, guys like us need to be uh, answering some of those questions so that Google can find them, right? So, right. Um, that is that is cool. I love that. How to open a stuck jarlet. And I can remember my dad teaching me how to do that. <laughs> so, uh, so, so you tell me, you, you mentioned, you said that your dad uh, passed away. You were... 16 when that happened or I, was, I think I was 17 right right around there it was my start of my senior year so I was young for my age and um yeah he was good dad uh and you know the irony he worked at the hardware store he ran the local hardware store and I still didn't learn all these things I was number nine out of 11 so you kind of get lost in the shuffle at that point <laughs> right and uh it's okay though we have a good family and uh but it was uh yeah guessing at a lot of things uh, not the least of which was dating and uh, just, you know, you, sometimes you guess wrong and you fake it and uh, you, you just keep moving. My son, who's uh, now 20, and he used to, we'd always talk about this and he would call it, there's a lot of boys out there walking around in men's bodies. Mm. I said, you're absolutely right. There are 30, 40, 50 year olds that are still uh, little boys inside. They've never been taught to grow up. And, and you see this, in the, the phenomenon that's happened in this uh, last generation with the extended adolescence is what I call it. Uh, young men who are in their 20s, even early 30s, that uh, kind of get a free pass at getting a job or they'll, uh, they're living more for the next video game that's going to come out or the next Avenger movie or the next, uh, you know, skateboard. Those aren't bad things, but there's a, a big uh, lack of motivation there's a big um, kind of a slothfulness of, of life. There's unmotivated. And uh, I don't know why the culture gives them a pass on it, but it's, it's frustrating. And I think the fatherless thing has a lot to do with that. Yeah. I think about um, a quote that I heard, I think it's an African proverb that if the boys are not initiated, they'll burn the village down <laughs> um, because, you know, we need that, that almost that transition. We need that, moment where yeah i'm a man and i and it's funny because sometimes fathers get that and they pass it along very clearly and sometimes kids have to just figure it out and somewhere along the line yeah. they may but you're right there is that extended adolescence that's kind of there's also a biblical uh, verse that says if you don't work you don't eat and right. um i make sure my son knows that one because <laughs> yeah yeah, I'm not going to provide forever for these kids. And about 15 years ago, when we started our, our men's group at church, uh, we were doing a promo video. And so a friend of mine, uh, the video guy, we went downtown Fort Wayne and did man on the street interviews where we just went up to, to men and randomly asked them, when does a boy become a man? And the answers were pretty amazing. 
they were both uh, very funny and very sad. Uh, funny because you get every kind of answer conceivable from when you graduate or when you join the army, when you get a tattoo, when you drink your first beer, you name it. And that was when a boy became a man in so many different guys' uh, answers. And then it was sad because uh, there was no one definition that defined what it meant to be a man in our culture. And so the, the question becomes, how can, how can you expect a guy to act like a man if he can't even define what it means to be one in the first place? And it's a very telling uh, question. And uh, when we were doing this, the guy that I was working with, after about a half hour doing it, he looked at me and goes, well, what is, how, how do you define what it means to be a man? Yeah. Do, you, do you know the answer to this? And I said, I do. And I said, uh, I've been taught that a real man is somebody who rejects passivity, accepts responsibility, leads courageously, and then invests eternally. It's a four-part answer. And he's like, that's pretty good. Where did you get that? And I said, well, that's from our group, what we've studied. And, and uh, it's, it's biblical. You're not going to find a verse that has those in it, but it's, it's, it's referenced. And so, yeah, the, the guy that wants to reject passivity, which we're all passive by nature, We'd much rather lay on the couch and let our wife uh, let the dog out. <laughs> and, uh, and we accept responsibility that comes our way because we've got a responsibility as a man to do things. And then we lead courageously, whether we know it or not. And then we uh, invest eternally in things that are beyond us. And that's where the real reward comes. So it's, you give guys a compelling, concise definition like that, that they can actually own and uh, it, it can change guys, but they have to understand it. So, yeah, I, I think it's a great uh, explanation and definition. So, uh, the with the men's group that you lead, did you have a book that you were going through or curriculum? Were you guys kind of? Yeah, we went through. Um, uh, uh, it was called Men's Fraternity when it first came out. Uh, Robert Lewis out of Arkansas. Great stuff. Three year type curriculum. And then they eventually updated that and changed the name to Authentic Manhood. I think I've got her little Authentic oh, Manhood go. shirt on. Awesome. And so, uh, and that was kind of a revamp of their, some of the same material just repackaged. And that was okay. Uh, and we've done a lot of other stuff over the years too, because what I've found with the men, it's not, as long as the material's solid, it's not about the material. <laughs> it's about the connection. Um, my wife could say to me, um, hey, I'm going out for coffee with so-and-so tomorrow night, and it'd be no big deal. It happens all the time. But if she told me, hey, tomorrow night's yours, go out with whoever you want to, I'd be like, who, who am I going to call? I, guys just don't have that flexibility. We just don't do that. It takes more of a setup, and it has to be doing something. We don't just sit around and drink coffee typically. Yeah. And so it's really hard for guys to connect uh, with any regularity or intentionality other than, you know, uh, talking sports, weather and, and, and stuff like that. So uh, the men's group really, even though the curriculum's good and the snacks and food are really good, it's really that table time of just talking about life and sharing. And it doesn't have to be that deep or profound, but it, it gets a lot deeper than you'd expect. So it's a pretty amazing deal. I think every time that I've been in a men's group, we've always... Uh... Well, at least the ones that I led anyway, we always found that uh, we pretty much abandoned the book after whatever book we were going through after a few weeks because <laughs> stuff comes up that is probably more important than whatever was in the book anyway. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there is good stuff we learned from books. I can think of several that we've learned some good stuff from, but uh, I know uh, lots of conversations around campfires and, and picnic tables and yeah, that's that's honestly where the good stuff comes in, you know? 
It is. Uh, you know, we've, since the, the, the big Corona thing, um, our men, we've, we've got a, you know, kind of a chain going with Zoom calls. So I, I talk to all the leaders on Tuesday nights for a half hour and then I release them. They call their little groups. And surprisingly, it's gone well. I thought that it would just kind of fade away, but it's gotten almost better because there is no curriculum to go over. They're just getting right into life. And that's kind of fun to see and, and really just charge these guys. Uh, they'll, they'll kind of use the Manly Moment videos I, I, I produce as kind of a springboard for a topic. But I'm like, it's not about the questions. It's just, just uh, it's getting into their lives and letting them talk and, and ask a question and just shut up and let these guys share. Because left to our own vices or our own isolation, men do not drift towards excellence. We drift towards our selfish, sinful nature. And so if you're not processing that and striving for something, you're not going to drift. Nobody drifts to become the first man on the moon. You work towards stuff that is worthwhile and you are encouraged. And so a lot of times men might have had bad experiences with churches or with ministry or anything like that. And perhaps it was from an upbringing or perhaps it was from a church that was so good at beating guys down about what they should be doing, what they're doing wrong, all their sins. And uh, I've never been about that. I'm sure guys have sins, but I'm, I'm much more about building guys up and investing in them about what they can become versus just tearing them apart and being that nag. They get enough nagging uh, probably from home and from culture. And, 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 you know, men are the butt of all jokes, every movie, every sitcom, every commercial, we uh, we we take it on the chin because it's just an easy target. So well, and sometimes we make it easy, but <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and believe me, I like humor and jokes as much as yeah. anybody. But if you look on, yeah. I'll be on that. It's like wow, they really just keep uh, ripping well, us. And, yeah, so. I, I think that I do think that there's a strategy there culturally to uh, say that men are not important or needed or irrelevant, and and the, I don't think anything could be further from the truth. Right. So, yeah, it's it's uh, really about um, helping men. And I say this all the time with the guys. So if you know who you are and what you're about, life is a heck of a lot easier. But most guys don't know who they are or what they're about. They just kind of drift along and hope for the best. And that's really a, a hard way to go through life and not a very good way to succeed either. So I'm really um, passionate about guys uh, pursuing something. I am. Um... I know a lot of men who have said to me over the years, they've said something like, uh, I have a hard time making friends. Uh, mm. what, what kind of advice would you give for somebody in that position, do you think? That's a great question. Whenever we do a session on loneliness or isolation, that's the one they all clamor towards because they all relate to that. And uh, it's hard because I remember when I was in college, I had a, a boss who was probably, you know, I don't know how many years older than me, but he would always say, if you can get to age 40 and count the number of friends on one hand that are really good friends, consider yourself lucky. And I was thinking, I got so many friends in college. What, what's he talking about on one hand? And then you get older and you realize how hard it is as a man when wife and kids and responsibilities and work and everything come along, you don't have time to have close friends. And, uh, and yeah, to have five uh, good, good friends would be pretty rare for somebody 35 and up. And uh, I always define a really good friend as somebody you could call at two in the morning if your car breaks down and they're going to jump in their car and come out and help you, no questions asked. Uh, but how do you get those? If you're uh, isolated and kind of 
you know, find yourself in this position, like, oh, how do you, how do you become friends with new guys? How, do, how does this work? And that's, uh, I think it, it takes some vulnerability, uh, joining a men's group or uh, going to a site like Manlyhood Man Cave or, or seeking out uh, men that are going to be a little bit more um, honest. And, and again, uh, thank goodness we have platforms online to be able to start stuff like this. Uh, I was on a, um, I don't remember what it was called. It was, it was another Facebook men's page that I was checking out. And uh, just by happenstance, uh, one guy posted a question, what does it mean to be a man? I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're asking that question. And within like 20 minutes, I couldn't even get a comment in it. It filled up with like 200 comments within a half hour. I'm like, wow, he really struck a nerve here. And I'm reading through all the comments thinking, wow, these are as bizarre as the man on the street interview <laughs> question uh, answers. They were all over the place. And so I, I chime in with, more of a biblical answer about you know what it meant and and how I'm basing it on truth. And of course, nobody responds to my answer at all because they're not going to touch <laughs> anything to do with biblical knowledge. That's so old-fashioned. But if you're not grounded in truth, and you're you're taking your cues from the culture, or from polls, or opinions, or what's popular, boy, you are just going to drift along out in the ocean of nowhere and you're not going to be grounded. And so it's, uh, it's really important if guys do want to pursue a group that they, they understand who they are and what they're about. And if they don't know, yeah, you would help them, might help them. There are guys like us that will help them understand uh, not to be part of me, but to be part of truth. And truth is a hard right. thing. So, so Robbie, um, you talk about a lot of the things you had to learn as a man, you kind of had to figure out, were there men in your life that other than your dad that you could go to and talk to? Yeah. Surprisingly different men, um, were, uh, came along. I mentioned that boss, he was a, a godly man. Uh, we didn't talk religion or anything like that, but he was just a great example of what it meant to be responsible. I remember many times looking at him thinking, I want to be like that someday. I want to be, somebody who loves his job is really good at his job and people respect him. And so that was just a great example. Uh, and then later, uh, I think when I was in my thirties, I had a, uh, a pastor that I really looked up to. I thought, gosh, this guy, he, he, he would take me away for weekends and we would sit at the campfire and, and uh, talk life. And he really answered a lot of deep questions that were, it was just really uh, a good thing. And, and I remember uh, a few years ago, we were talking about this in our men's group about how it's good to have somebody feed into your life. And we were talking about, can you list anybody? And I was talking about my dad and my old boss and this pastor. And then it, re it dawned on me, like, well, who's, who do I got right now? Uh, I mean, am I just going to guess from this point forward? I've got a wife and kids now. Uh, who, who's the next guy I'm, I'm following? And so there was an older guy in our group who was a retired counselor, uh, godly man, very wise, and I remember getting the, I didn't know him that well, getting up the, the guts to ask him if he wanted to meet and just see where it led to. And it was almost like asking a guy out on a date. It was so weird. Uh, but of course, uh, he was honored, honored I asked him. And uh, we've been meeting now for probably 10 years, uh, once a month. There's no agenda. There's no curriculum. We sit down, have coffee, and um, just talk through what's going on. And uh, I feel like I'm getting free counseling advice from a professional, but uh, it's really a blessing. And I wish other people, other guys had that and they can have that. You just got to 
be willing to ask and not be afraid of a no and, and keep moving on till because uh, otherwise you are just guessing. You're, yeah. you're kind of hoping things work and there's always somebody out there. And, and the older guys are honored to be able to invest in you. So Yeah, I, uh, I've got a few guys like that in my life right now too. And I've had conversations about that. We've talked about it. And, you know, I think a lot of them are, you know, where I'm at, I always think a lot about purpose and about vision and, and mission and those kinds of things. And these guys are like, well, when you get to this age, you're more concerned about whether you missed it or not and what you can do to keep somebody else from missing it, <laughs> you know, but that's, that's, that's part of it. They're thinking true. about legacy. They're thinking about, okay, you know, yeah. what's going to be remembered about me when I'm gone. You know, I don't know where that age break is. I think it might change as you, <laughs> depending on the person, but yeah, you know, well, and they've often heard it said that um, when you get to be an old man and you're sitting on your front porch swing, uh, you're not, uh, relishing the bass boat or the the nicely manicured lawn, you're thinking about the name you've created for yourself and your family and your legacy, and whether you've screwed up or whether you know uh, you've done any good at all. And and when you're young, we don't always think that way, but it it comes up quick. It does and and so it's it's about daily making wise choices and and living for something beyond yourself. And um, that's very wise stuff that your your friends have told you that. Yeah, I am. Um, I've been meaning. To, we were just about to start putting together a. I don't tell them this, but in my mind, it's the old guys club. I <laughs> wanted to get a bunch of old guys together for coffee once a month and and chat. And then you know, COVID nineteen happened, and now we're like, okay, we'll come back around to that. We'll circle back yeah, to that in a little bit here if you don't die first. So that sounds heartless. I'm just being silly, but it's the you know. No, I know. <laughs> And and I know that some of them are listening, and they're like, "Oh, shut up, Hatcher." <laughs> but well, there's always if we're alive and breathing, there's always something to contri- contribute. And um, I learn a lot from younger guys than me, and I learn from older guys, and certainly have a good group of uh, guys the same age as me that we get along and do a lot of stuff and just hold each other accountable. And um, that sounds so cliche and like, oh, come on. But again, you take it one step at a time and uh, don't give up. Yeah. Gosh, these guys, they just, I mean, I, I just, I, you know, even though I, my, my title at church, I'm, I'm on staff at this big church and I'm the children's director. And so I deal a lot with uh, kids and kid volunteers, uh, but I'm, I lead this men's group. And uh, people often ask me why. And I said, because the men, if you can get the men going in the right direction and leading their family well, it takes care of almost all the problems I deal with with the kids because they, they need that guy to lead and step it up and lead. Uh, and so I, I, as a result, seems like I always have guys coming into my office to chat or to talk about life. And uh, the most common age group in my office would be the guy between 28 and 35 who has had a little taste of life, He's kind of along uh, a little bit now, and he's trying to figure out what the heck, how do, I, how do I change my circumstances? I mean, I'm kind of stuck. I've got a wife and two kids, and I hate my job. I didn't get this degree I was hoping to get, and now how do I, how do I change this? And I'm like, well, you know, it's not too late to change, but you've got to take it one step at a time. And you, gotta, you know, I build into them all the time. Like, are you honest? Are you hardworking? Are you uh, fair with people? If I'm an employer, I'm looking for people like that that I can mold. Don't give up and say, I don't have a degree in computer stuff. You know, it doesn't matter. If you are a, a, a hard, conscientious worker, there's somebody out there that wants you. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's interesting, though. Oh. I think there's going to be a lot more people here 
very soon asking a lot of those questions too. You know, how do I, how do I get a better job because I don't have one now? And <laughs> but yeah. it'll, it'll come together, I believe. I think it'll, uh, it'll it'll start to make sense for everybody, and they'll be like, okay, yeah. I'm hoping that we can uh, offer some of that direction. I think that's a that's a that's probably another whole podcast episode. How to be employable, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it really is. I mean, it's uh. They, most guys, uh, you know, we talked about the loneliness, but the other issue, and you don't hear this talked about a lot in church, is just the, the issue of work in general, uh, why it's important to do your best and to be on time and to be honest and have a, be a man of integrity. Uh, and what it's like, every, every guy, I think, in the back of their mind has a dream of what they really want to do. And ultimately, you can, you can kind of scrape all that down and, and summarize it by saying every guy wants to get paid well to do something they really enjoy doing. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I like making videos. You like doing all the stuff you do. Wouldn't it be great to get paid really well and do it well at the same time? And that'd be the life. And so we, uh, that doesn't mean you don't pursue those dreams. It just means there's a, a reality check too. Uh, my son wants to, to write a book. And that's great. I, we're all about creativity here. But uh, if you don't work and pay bills, you're just going to be a starving artist. And we know there's a ton of those out there. So the real artist understand you've got to pay bills, you've got to be responsible, and you work your way towards the full-time gig, but it doesn't come. Very few overnight successes, and uh, the overnight successes tend to flame out anyhow. So Right, right. Well, and even an overnight success, it didn't just happen most of the time. Like, there was no. a lot of time put into it, a lot of sleepless <laughs> nights at the typewriter. Well, not a typewriter, but you know what I mean. You know, th right. that was put into there and invested in, and then they happen. Yeah, there may have been some some quote unquote luck involved, but you know, right. there was a lot of work there too. So the question is always, how long did your overnight success take? It took about fifteen years. <laughs> yeah. You know, never yeah. really an overnight. Yeah, it was a it's lot like of failure finding... first. You know. <laughs> so yeah, I, I also tell people too, like you know, get your you know, don't be afraid to have a hobby that you enjoy, even if it's a hobby that pays something. You know, but have a hobby because. You know, if you're not getting the fulfillment you want from your job, get it somewhere else. You still need your job. Yeah. So, you know, take care of that job. And if you want a better job, work towards getting a, a better job. But yeah, without a doubt. But if you're fulfilled hunting, so hunt on the weekends. Don't expect to be a professional hunter, but, you know, invest in those things that fulfill you, you know. That's exactly right. Now, I see you guys do like a, a camp every year too, don't you? Uh, kind of a man type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this year we're actually taking a year off. I've uh, last year uh, I had the my oldest two got married at the same in the same year, and then um, oh, wow. this year uh, my son's graduating high school, and we had originally had intended on uh, taking the time off so we could kind of refocus. And now I, I knew we were going to make a big trip for graduation, but now everything's changing anyway so it's probably a good year to go yeah. ahead and take the year off and we'll come back to it again next year so we we do a, an annual manual uh see that man, man camp, camp thing <laughs> so and it was supposed to be this coming weekend and so the guys are boned but we all understand it's just different this year yeah. and it's just a fun weekend getaway and you know guys can let loose and enjoy and, and learn some things too but um yeah maybe we'll do that in the fall yeah I, it's good it's, to have a it was. It's definitely been a cool experience. It's uh, three years that we did it. We did one here in Pennsylvania, then one in Ohio, and then in the next one in Pennsylvania. And uh, the guys that go, they come back and they tell you, you know, it was life changing. And I, I that excites me um, because I know that I feel like I had a part in that. 
But honestly, I when you ask them, you know, what was it that changed your life? And they'll tell you, it was like, honestly, making friends, uh, having somebody to talk to, you know, like just getting away and having time to think. You know, I, I think that's a real valuable thing to have that retreat concept of, okay, let's refresh, let's recharge, you know? No doubt. Yeah, we don't get much of a break. We live in a culture that's so fast-paced, and as the guy, we, we bear a lot of the responsibilities. And um, uh, when when you look at uh, what's happened this past month and a half now with, okay, sports, which is kind of a, a thing we put on a pedestal, and when you look at the restaurants and the entertainment and the movies and, and the, all the businesses, and so you shut all that down and then confine people to their homes uh, we are forced, and it's so uncomfortable because we don't. We want to get out. We want to keep moving, and we want to get back to normal. Well, it might not be back to normal the way we remember it, and maybe it shouldn't be. Uh, but to slow things down a little bit, and most guys really struggle with having any kind of any kind of inter, uh, introspective thinking. They just want to keep moving towards whatever. Like just slow down and figure out what the heck you're doing and why you're doing it, and let it make some sense. And and I think every guy. Uh, and I know I've had a few moments the past month and a half like this too, where um, it's that, that moment where fear kind of sets in. And um, maybe it's because, you know, the news, you can read one article or watch one video and you'd be swayed all over the place. You don't know what's true anymore. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's just statistics or deaths or, or political stuff. It's just, it's, it's mind boggling. Like, and so when I get to that, and I had a moment like that the other night, it wasn't about poor me. I, I was thinking about my kids and that's where, Fear can kind of come in, and I had to go back to, hold on a second, I need to go back to truth. What is really true here? And I go back, again, I open up my Bible, and I start affirming what I really believe and and how, you know, I've gone a lot of years of my life, I've missed very few meals. I don't think God's going to stop taking care of me yet. Uh, And it doesn't mean I'm special. It just means let's have some perspective here. And uh, we are are blessed and... uh, just really need to to let today's problems be today's problems, not worry about tomorrow and uh, have some confidence. So it's, uh, but I think every guy has those moments and some more than others and some almost more deservedly so than others. But uh, yeah, I, I really um, wish guys would uh, to find out who they are and, and what they're about and get grounded in truth is the real deal. I think that we, when we have those moments of quiet, those moments of fear can kind of take over because we are, Sometimes we don't know the answers to those questions that you just said, who we are and, and what we do. And, you know, we get in and, and if we have to stop and face that, that can be overwhelming. And yeah. And I think that's why we avoid those silent times, those quiet times, is so that we don't uh, have to deal with the anxiety. You know, it's easier to watch Netflix than it is to think about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> than to feel afraid, you know, and. I think, um, you know, I've watched, I'm not a big TV watcher anyhow, but over the past month and a half now, i watched just about every show, rerun, Netflix, anything I could think of that would interest me. I've seen everything I almost want to see, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to get out and do something. Uh, or I just need to, to crack open yeah, a book a again book. and just relax. <laughs> and uh, I haven't read every book I, I want to yeah, read, that's so. True. Uh, that's true. I can relate. Hmm. I can relate. I'll get sucked into <laughs> Something. I was telling my wife the other day, I don't I don't always sleep well at night. It takes me a while to fall asleep, and I've kind of trained myself to fall asleep watching Netflix. And I was thinking, you know, that's probably not good. <laughs> she said, tell me about it. <laughs> but Yeah, unfortunately, we become our habits, yeah. and uh, whether they're intentional or not, 
uh, it's really, really challenging for guys as they get older to develop new habits that are healthy. And I'm not just talking about eating and exercise. I'm talking about just everything from, from, from the reading and, uh, the bedtime stuff. And, and I know I shouldn't probably do much screen time before I go to bed and your mind gets wired and then I still do it. Yep. <laughs> and so, and then I wonder why I'm tired the next morning. So we'll figure it out. I have a list of things I'm working on. That's on there. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, uh, Rob, I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing with us. You've had some tremendous insights. And uh, if mm. people want to follow up with you more, what's the best way for them to? Uh, you know, great question. Uh, I, my, my primary thing on the Internet is, is uh, on YouTube. It's Manly Moments. So check out Manly Moments. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you want to. Uh, leave some comments or just, you know, search search for something you're interested in on that. Cause there's a, I think I've got like 300 videos out and it's just a lot of fun to make them. Uh, or if you've got something you want to offer me, uh, you know, maybe you'll get featured on my show, just like I'm featured on Josh's show here. So it's, it's, we're all in this together and just, I'm appreciative of your channel, what you're about to Josh, because we're doing the same thing. We're trying to, um, help other guys along with this, this journey of life here that makes some sense. And, um, and so it's, it's, it's fun to be a, in partnership with you on that. Awesome. Well, I appreciate all of your feedback and insight into the, the man cave that we're doing and, and what you're doing on your page as well. And I'm, I'm grateful for the chance to kind of connect with you and, and it's been fun getting to know you over the past few years. So. Yeah, it's it's the first time we've ever met face to face, and we're still not face to face. Yeah, no, we're so we're gonna have to do that. I've got family in Indianapolis, so maybe I'll come through and go out the extra when you the do, extra, the extra few miles to visit. So that'd be kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't make it out to Pennsylvania very often. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again, my friend, and uh, thanks, Josh. We'll uh, have you on the show another time, maybe. Well, that'd be great. Awesome. Thanks so thank much. You. Hey, man. I see you. I see your fire going out. I see your marriage barely holding on. I know you're broke, wore out, and at the end of your rope. I've been there, and it sucks. It sucks the spark right out of you. Till all you have left is a pile of wet wood. It feels like it's never gonna burn. I can't fix your problems. I can't make her love you again. I can't lose 50 pounds for you or fill your bank account. But I can remind you of who you are. I can share some of my fire. I can help you make a plan to get your life back on track. So let's go. Let's do this. Let's reignite our lives. There's a lot at stake. No one wants their marriage to end in divorce. No one wants to wallow in despair or to the dark places that follow. So let's do it. Let's reignite our lives. Let's reignite our passion, our marriage, our health, our careers, our dreams, our mindsets. Get Reignite today. You want to be a better man? Check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. Men, you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. Be sure to check out all our resources at manlyhood.com slash store. This episode is produced by Thatcher Media for manlyhood.com. Our manly theme music is from Austin Sterling and also from Mark Cruz. 
sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, YouTube, or whatever you're listening to. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast.